Well, it is good to be able to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ tonight. Just to be reminded of the reality that we have hope in the middle of a hopeless year, it feels like, right? To be reminded of the fact that God cares so much to help us and to enter in and to move into our lives. If you have a Bible, go ahead and grab it and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. If you don't have a Bible, there's either a blue soft cover in the pew back in front of you, or there's a black hardback in the pew back in front of you. And if you've got the blue Bible, it's going to be on page 949. If you have the black Bible, it's going to be on page 857. And we're looking at really the story of Jesus' birth from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to to 20. So I don't know if you've ever heard stories of your first Christmas or what your first Christmas was like, but I was six months old and apparently I was already kind of crawling and, and getting around the house to the point that well, the way the story goes, I, I've got a good memory, but I don't remember that far back. But the way the story goes is that my parents uh, had bought me a pound puppy. Anybody Remember pound puppies? Any, any 80s children? Yeah, right? So they had bought me this pound puppy that I eventually and affectionately called Woofy. I still have, well, my, my mom still has it to this day, and hopefully when she passes, I, that thing flies out here, and I, I get it forever. But uh, I remember that, or, or my parents would tell me that, that they put this thing in a box and they wrapped it, and for the weeks before Christmas, Every day I'd crawl over there and I'd begin to poke at the box. I don't know how, but for some reason I knew that that package was mine. And I wanted to see what was inside. And so I'd run over there or I'd crawl over there and I'd start poking at it, trying to get inside. My parents would shoo me away and the next day I'd crawl over there and poke at it and they'd shoo me away. You see, I was in a hurry because I wanted to know what was inside. I wanted to experience what was inside. And yet for some reason, my first Christmas came around. The day in which we're all excited to open up presents and, and as any good parent does with a little one, they, they grab their little one, they grab the parents and, or, or they grab the package and they begin to open it with the little one. And in that moment, I wanted nothing to do with that present. For the weeks till that time, I wanted what was inside, but apparently I was in such a hurry that the moment I actually was able to get that present, I could care less and I was moving on to the very next thing. And I wonder, in a night like tonight where there's many festivities going on, where there's maybe dinners with family, presents opening tomorrow morning with excitement, I wonder how many of us are in a hurry. I wonder how many of us are in a hurry to, to leave here, in a hurry to, to get going on the Christmas season. And we're in such a hurry for Christmas that we miss the real reason for Christmas. And tonight, what I want us to do just for a moment is to just pause. Just to slow down. 
to be in a hurry, but to be in a hurry to sing King Jesus. And when we see Him, to just pause and savor the moment that God has entered the world. And in fact, that's what we're going to see tonight as we look at Luke chapter 2. As we look at Luke chapter 2, what we're going to see and what I hope is true for you and I hope is true for my family is that this Christmas, be in a hurry. I want us to be in a hurry, but I want us to be in a hurry in order to savor the Savior and not the celebration. To be in a hurry to get to the feet of Jesus and bask in His glory. And so with that, let's go ahead and read our passage from Luke chapter 2. And we believe that this is God's Word. And so would you stand with me in honor of hearing God's Word? Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God 
for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the word of the Lord. And all God's people said, praise be to God. You may be seated. So Luke is writing here the story, the the birth story of Jesus Christ, which is just pretty crazy, right? I don't know how your birth was, but there were no angels coming to Modesto City Hospital the morning I was born. There were no shepherds coming, making the trek. In fact, my own father was out having a smoke when I was born. So there wasn't any fanfare, if you will. And yet Luke is writing in such a way to help us to see that we should be filled with awe in this moment. That the birth of Jesus is something spectacular for us to see. And I want us to be able to see this, and I want us to be able to savor it the way Luke wants us to do. And so in order to understand this passage, we're going to see three truths tonight. And the first truth that we're going to see is savoring the celebration. We love celebrating, and yet I think we have a hard time celebrating at times. Because we live in a hectic world, and we have a hard time settling down. I mean, when is the last time you went uh, just five minutes without your phone, without your computer, without music, without a book, without TV, without talking, just five minutes of silence? 2010? 2005? It's been a while. And we live in a hectic world. And yet, in the midst of that, if we're not careful, we can get caught up into all the busyness and miss the point, miss what is right in front of us. And we see these ancient people doing the same. They get so caught up in what's going on that they miss what is right in front of them. Look at me at verses 1 to 7. Luke writes, that there was a decree that all the world should be registered. There's a census going on. This year, hopefully you filled out your paperwork, we had a census. In those days, for a census, you had to go back to your hometown. And so for me, I'd have to get on a plane and go back to Turlock, California. And for Josh, the, the lead singer tonight, he'd have to travel back to Benton and, and register And we see Joseph having to go back to Bethlehem because Luke says that he's not just any man, he's actually from the line of David, the famous king who brought the people of God to a place of prominence, who brought the people of God to prosperity. Joseph was from that line. And because Mary was betrothed, because she was engaged, they had to go back to Bethlehem and to be registered. But notice what's happening. In verse 7, we read that there's no place for them in the end. So just imagine this small little town, all of these people who are from there, scattered across the country, having to travel back. They didn't have modern hotels like we do today. In fact, in that day, they were supposed to have extra space in their houses for out-of-town guests, whether you knew them or not. And Luke writes that there is no more room 
in the end. That every spot in every house was filled. Imagine, this is like some massive family reunion. There's this excitement built up that we get to see distant relatives, maybe even distant friends once again. And you can almost feel the buzz in the city as all of these people inundate this small community looking to be registered. And Joseph and Mary enter in and there's no room for them. They enter in as if nobodies. A woman pregnant and there's not even a single spot for her. No fanfare. No one seems to care that they are there to the point that Luke actually states that when Jesus is born, He is placed in a manger. He is placed in a feeding trough for livestock animals. There's no excitement. The town is abuzz with the census. And yet no one even recognizes that the King of the world has been born in their midst. In the shadows of the census, Christ the King came in obscurity. And then notice down in verses 18 and 19, we see that as the shepherds come to Mary, they come to worship this King and they see Mary and they see Joseph and they begin to speak of all that they've seen, all that they've heard. Notice the responses. Joseph ponders it. He finds it odd. It's kind of like some sort of brain teaser to him. And yet it's Mary who Luke says, treasured these things in her heart. I wonder how many of us can get so caught up in the celebration of Christmas, can get so caught up in the celebration of family together, can get so caught up in the awesome food. I mean, we're normally on a diet and we're, we're off that the next couple of days. Can get so caught up in the excitement of what's going to happen. And Jesus is just a fleeting thought like He was to Joseph. Instead, what I'm hoping is that we become more like Mary where we actually see the Savior for who He is. And that's what Luke shows us next. He wants us to see the Savior. Look at verses 8-14. to 14. It seems as if everyone else is busy. Everyone else is missing the King of the world. And notice what God does. He goes to shepherds. You know who shepherds are? They Just imagine these men whose role it is, whose job it is to sleep out in the country, to work at night out in the country, protecting the sheep from wolves, protecting them from thieves, protecting them from other attackers. Imagine the the burly kind of man, the, the bold kind of man that would have to do this kind of job. 
Imagine the, the low education level to stoop to do this job. Imagine the smelliness that they had to be around the sheep. And imagine their place on the social scale of life. And yet it's to them that the Creator of the entire world sends His angel to declare that King Jesus, a Savior, is born. And notice what He declares. He, he declares that it's not just any boy. That today, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah, the One that you've been looking for, the One that you've been longing for to heal your hurt, the One that you've been longing for to take away your shame, to take away your struggle, to take away your pain, to bring you forgiveness from sin, to make you right with God once again. He is born today. And the angels tell that to lowly shepherds. I don't know how you're feeling tonight. I don't know how you felt about 2020. But no matter how low you feel, know that God sees you. God cares for you. God loves you. And God actually comes for people like you who feel at the bottom. And we know that because He came for these lowly shepherds. And notice what happens. They continue to hear about this baby. You can just imagine the fear that they felt. I mean, these are, these are dudes who are used to fighting off wolves. And yet a bright light shines. Not something that happens every night, right? A light, bright light shines. And Luke writes that they're terrified. And then we read in verse 14, 13 that a multitude of heavenly hosts join the angel and begin to praise God and begin to sing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace with those whom He is pleased. Church, there is no more wondering. There is no more waiting. There is no more wandering in your own ways. The God of the universe has come and glory to Him in the highest. And as the shepherds hear that story, and the shepherds begin to see the good news of God rescuing them from their plight, the good news of God restoring them to a right relationship with Him. As they begin to hear that, as they begin to see that, notice their response. Notice their response. They actually move to savor the Savior. Look at verse 15. The angels go away. The shepherds say to one another, 
Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. They see the vision. They see from God and they immediately conclude we've got to get to Bethlehem and we've got to get there now. Who cares about the sheep? Who cares about our job? Who cares about the activities of the night? We have got to get to Bethlehem. And I love what Luke writes next. He says that they made haste. They didn't wait. They didn't deliberate. They hurried to see King Jesus. And they found Him. As they found Him lying in a manger, they began to proclaim all that they had seen. They began to proclaim all that they had heard. And in that moment, Mary doesn't just ponder. She begins to treasure. She begins to cherish All that is said about Jesus. What's the big deal? It's just a baby. The big deal is that this baby grows up, and as he grows up, he lives the life that you and I have failed at living. He obeys in every spot that you and I have rebelled. And then at the end of his life, he is mocked, he is beaten, he is spit upon, he is uh, stripped naked, he is strung out on a cross for all to see the wrath of God poured out on him as the penalty for our sin. And yet, for those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, for those of you tonight who come to Jesus in faith, Our sin is put on Him and we are given His perfection. And in that moment as He breathes His last, He says, it is finished. The price is paid. It is done. And three days later, the God of the universe raises Him from the dead and doesn't just raise Him, but actually exalts Him and seats Him at His right hand where today He is reigning, He is ruling, He is offering to you and I life with Him forever. And this first Christmas is pointing to reality that He is coming again. And He will usher us to be with Him forever to a place where there will be no more pain, a place with no more suffering, a place where we get to worship the One who created all good, the One who is the standard of all good. To rejoice in Him forever. So this Christmas season, are you in a hurry? Are you in a hurry to, to get out of here to, to eat your meal? Or are you in a hurry to, to get out of here and wonder what you got for Christmas? Or are you in a hurry to, to be with family? I want us to be in a hurry. But not for those things. I want us to be like the shepherds and be in a hurry to make haste to see King Jesus in all of His splendor, in all of His glory, 
knowing that He can right all of your wrongs. So this Christmas, be in a hurry. But be in a hurry to see Jesus. And as you see Him, slow down and savor the reality that He is our hope. Let's pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You for the reality of Your Word. We thank You for the reality of the first Christmas. That in the middle of a darkened world, in the middle of people longing for hope, in the middle of people wrestling through life, that You enter in And then you don't send angels to the kings and princes of the world, but you send angels to the powerless and you tell them to go and meet their Savior. And so I pray that tonight we might pause for a moment to see and to savor the Savior of the world. We pray these things in your son's precious name. Amen.